This time on Guided. Prior to meeting Steve, I had been on a solid streak of personal development. I was sucking down podcasts like they were whey protein shakes. I was an action taker, a doer, and I wasn't willing to settle for anything short of excellence. So, needless to say, I was pretty stunned when Steve revealed one of his secrets to me. I asked him, when did it finally happen for you, man? When did it just click? And he replied, well, once I stopped caring about success so much. It took me a couple minutes to regain my consciousness as I slurped the drool that was hanging from my gaping mouth. And I asked him, uh, do you think you could elaborate on that a little bit? Welcome to Guided, a podcast all about following your intuition, no matter where it guides you. Welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Zach Luz, and this is Guided, the podcast that's all about following your intuition, no matter where it guides you. On today's episode, we'll be talking about stepping into your grandness. This episode is going to focus on the unusual path uh, that I've taken to stepping into my grandness, uh, a lot of the lessons that I've learned along the way, and we're going to unravel this main point that you just heard in the first clip, which is basically about the paradox of once I stopped caring about success, it finally came. But first, let's hear some synchronicities. So, first synchronicity was I was in a meditation. I've been doing a lot of meditating lately. And I came out of it, and I just had this feeling like I really wanted to learn French. Um, I studied Spanish, and uh, I've, I've spoken a little bit of Spanish, and I've spoken a little bit of Portuguese. Never French. And it felt like this totally random insight. So I was like, well, okay, I guess I might go start taking French classes. I looked up French classes around me, found that there were some, and they happened to be starting next week. And my intuition was like, dude, do it, do it, do it. And I was like, well, what the fuck am I going to learn French for? Like, I have no purpose for doing this. So um, I chickened out at first, and I didn't sign up for the French classes. And then last night, I got an email from one of my services that tracks really, really cheap flights. It's actually called Scott's Cheap Flights, and it's amazing, and I've used it to travel around the world. But I got one yesterday for a trip from uh, San Francisco to Paris. And it came, it just popped in, and Camille and I talked about it. And we said, screw it, we're going to Paris. And um, so, yeah, no, I... We bought the tickets, and um, now we're headed to uh, Paris for a 375 round trip. And I think I need to go back and sign up for those French classes. Well, hello there, boys and girls. We've got a synchronicity that came in. So uh, the other night, I was talking to my mom, and I was telling her about this meditation program that I've been doing. And it's super cool, and... One of the things, like one of the main things that you're supposed to learn from it is basically, that's that same message that we've always heard a million times, that everything that we need comes from within. But the the healings and the meditations and all that stuff that I've been doing, it's been really transforming that knowledge from just like something that's intellectual into something that's physical and stored in my body. So I was talking with my mom and... Uh, which we were just chatting about life, and then she goes, yeah, you know, I think I'm kind of sick of doing, like, this whole massage thing. I want to just, you know, I like doing NLP with people. I, I like, it's basically, like, her version of, like, uh, uh, coaching, we'll call it, and energy work. And then she's like, you know, I actually have this one other client who teaches people how to build a lot of wealth through, like, being property investors. And he has a really high success rate with all of his students. So maybe I'll do that. You know, if you want, I, I can share the materials with you. My mom's, she's just being sweet and, like, offering me stuff and, like, trying to make my life better. And, like, I mean, it's cool. I mean, like, I'm glad she's offering that kind of thing to me. But it made me think of this whole, like, everything you need is already inside. 
and this has been a pattern that I've run for a long, long time where I've been like, oh, shit, maybe I should drop everything that I'm doing, you know, screw the podcast, screw everything that I've been working on. Now let me go, like, learn how to do real estate and let me totally avoid, like, let me just stop doing everything that I'm doing and let me let me drop everything for this other thing outside of me that seems pretty good. And I was thinking about that, and I was talking to her while I was inside of a, a store. I was getting a new pair of running shoes. And my mom's really uh, talented with, like, energy and, like, reading people. And, yeah, she's pretty amazing. So I told her, yeah, I'm picking running shoes right now. And then she just goes, okay, you want the one on your left foot? Because at that moment, at that exact moment, I had one of them on one foot, one on the other foot, and I was trying to decide between the two. She's like, yeah, go with the one on your left foot. So she was right. That was the one that I wanted. And I go home, and I pull off the sticker that's, like, inside of the shoe that had the price on it. I peel that off, and on the left shoe, there's, like, a motivational quote on the insole. And it says, everything you need is already inside you. Out of all of the shoes, it was on that pair of shoes, and the quote on the right foot was different. It was the exact one that she stepped into and she felt in that moment. Everything you need is already inside you. Pretty cool. So the last one of the day comes from a listener who prefers to remain anonymous. But to give you some context, it's basically this visualization that I was leading him through. Um, I've talked about it on one of the earlier episodes. It's the one about gold stars. I think it's number seven. But anyway, in that visualization, I ask him to visualize an old man. And I'll just let you guys see what happens. So I basically find myself in a car talking to Zach and we're doing this walkthrough about people pleasing and he's telling me this story about hey imagine yourself and you're going up to this guy and he's at the stand at a carnival and every time you know he's trying to say hey come over here if you do this you'll get more gold stars and he says imagine there's an old guy at the stand and immediately I look over my right shoulder and there's the exact old guy that I'm picturing in my head and he's staring through a window and I couldn't help but get the chills. That's all the synchronicities we have time for today. And please send us your synchronicities as they're happening. I'd love to get other people's voices on the podcast and can't do that unless you send us a voice note. Easiest way is to download Anchor and then you can send us voice notes through there. And if you've already sent in a voice note, and whether we could use it or couldn't use it on the podcast, just wanted to say thanks, because it's really, really cool hearing everybody's synchronicities and feeling like this community is growing, and it's just cool having you guys' voices on the show. So thank you for that. So today we're going to talk about stepping into our grandness, and let's define what grandness means to me. So grandness is... Abundance in every single area of life in a way where you are completely untouchable. Where nothing from the outside can sway you, can rock you off of that grandness that you are. Where you feel it deep inside, you know that it's who you are, it's an internally generated thing. You are grandness and that permeates out into the world instead of you have look pointing to some achievement that you have or some relationship that you have or you know your track record or anything outside of yourself it's this sustaining sense of grandness that resonates inside of you that other people can feel that you don't even have to talk about it's this grandness that can never ever ever be taken away from you because it's that pure and that strong so why are we going to talk about this topic today? Well, it's because that's what's up for me. Um, ever since I was a little kid, I always had this intuition that I was going to 
end up being really grand. You know, I was going to have a big name. I was going to, you know, be all famous and be really, really well known. And it's just this thing where it's like, it's so funny because like no matter how many times life has smacked me down and humbled me, um, which was really important to go through, I've still had this underlying assumption and just knowing that life is still going to be grand. Like I'm still going to have like all of that. Um, I'm still going to be under that kind of a, a, a lens and I'm going to be in the public eye. And it's just this thing that I know about. So that inner knowing my whole life has led me to do all kinds of different things to try and uh, achieve that. You know, started businesses, um, started a podcast, like I've traveled to a bunch of places, done so many different things trying to figure out how can I get my name up there and how can I get myself, you know, in the, in the lights, in the spotlight. But the thing is, it still hasn't happened yet. It's happening but it hasn't happened yet. And until recently, I'd always been pissed off about that. I'd been really frustrated, annoyed, disappointed in myself, mad at life, you know, blaming the universe, just all these different feelings because like, what the fuck? Like, I know that I am destined for like really, really grand things, but I'm not living it. And no matter how hard I try, things just don't seem to be working out. So for a long time, I was really upset about that. Now, uh, my perspective on it has changed, and I see how my higher self has been guiding me through like this really, really amazing learning process, preparing me to step into grandness, so that when I step into it, I can do so from a really, really clean space energetically, where it's basically completely run by my intuition, instead of... Uh, it being a really, really uh, destabilized thing that can basically evaporate at any moment in time. So it's basically like now uh, I'm, my life still isn't as grand as I would like it to be, but I'm much more relaxed and at peace with that because I understand the larger picture of what's going on, and that's what I want to share today. So I understand that that perspective might be a little bit confusing um, because in the beginning of my journey... I basically thought, well, if I really, 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 really hate my current scenario, my current life, then maybe I can use all that frustration as fuel for me to change my life. Since things are so bad, let me use all that energy and then um, I can change it. Now, that was really useful in the beginning of this journey to get me started, to get me off of the couch, to get me to like actually just try something. But now, as I get towards the end of that chapter, I'm seeing the best way to complete chapters is by coming into complete peace around that chapter that I've just experienced. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like being in a relationship, and then you get to the, the relationship, you can't really let go of it, um, even if you break up, you can't really let go of it completely until you're at peace with how things were. Like, it doesn't mean you have to stay stuck there, but you got to get to the point where you're totally at peace so that you can finally let go. And then once you can let go, then you can come into something new. And that's basically a really good metaphor for this whole process of up-leveling and up-leveling and up-leveling into grandness. It's this thing where you have to come to peace with what has been in order to experience what will be. An example of this is when I first got into my house in the forest. Um, there was a while where I was just like a little bit annoyed. I was like, shit, I wanted to be in the Bay Area. I wanted to be around all the action. I wanted to be around all the startup entrepreneurs and the tech people and everything because I figured that's where I could get a bunch of clients. But then I ended up in the forest, and I was pissed off about that for a little bit. But then I started to fall in love with the forest. I started to go down to the river, and then I would just like go there around sunset, and then you could see this golden light. It was so tranquil and peaceful. You know, every time I would drive home, and I would go under this like archway of trees, and I could 
breathed fresh air and it was quiet and I could like see like little hummingbirds coming up and uh, sipping the nectar out of the flowers on my deck. Like I realized, wow, this is a really, really beautiful place. And I, I remember I would annoy the hell out of Camille because I would sit in my one chair in the house and then I would look around at the house and I would just appreciate everything. I would say, I love this painting. I love the, I love these wa- uh, walls. I love the roses that you put on the, the wall. I love this painting. I love this. I love that. I love this. I love that. And it was just the silly little thing that I would do when I just wanted to go on like a gratitude rampage. Not because someone was telling me to be grateful, but just because I felt like it. And it was really funny because as soon as I started doing that over and over and over again and finally fell in love with the place that I used to hate being, then I finally got an offer from a friend of a friend, basically had the top floor of a mansion in the Piedmont Hills, which is like a really nice neighborhood, that they wanted to rent out, and it was like totally within my price range, and it was like it was way better solution than like literally anything else that I had ever seen before. And it was funny that as soon as I came into rapport and really appreciated where I was, the next opportunity opened up. It's kind of like until my theory on this is like until you are in complete gratitude and appreciation for where you are, the next thing in life can't open up because you that that's basically life saying you you're you haven't got this perspective right you you haven't quite experienced this thing to completion see for me stepping into my grandness was a way out of everything that i didn't want to experience so my like three greatest fears were one being poor two being boring and three being alone so basically that meant i had to be this world traveling entrepreneur that can make friends with anyone so that I didn't have to experience those deep, dark fears. See, since I was so afraid of experiencing those, it kind of locked me in to the opposite. Since I didn't want to be poor, I had to be an entrepreneur. Since I didn't want to be boring, I had to be a world traveler. Since I didn't want to be alone, I had to be charming. So basically what I see now is my higher self came into my experience and basically made me confront all of these fears, all of th- all of these things that were just swiped off the table that I vowed, oh, I'm never going to experience that because they're so awful. And the reason that my higher self came in and did this was because of my definition of grandness, which is that untouchable abundance in all areas thing that's generated and sustained from the inside out. Like, you can't have that level of grandness and then have all these fears of like, oh shit, I hope I never go broke, I hope I'm never boring, and I'm ho- I hope I'm never alone. It's like, you can't be untouchable if there are these parts of our personality that we are unwilling to experience. So, in the name of me stepping into my grandness, like, grandness couldn't happen when it was the antidote to my fears. Grandness couldn't happen when it was the antidote to my fears. This is what Steve was talking about in that earlier quote. Was it, was, it just has to get to the point where grandness is your preference, where you're not really controlled by any other experience that happens. So let me talk about what happened when my higher self was like, okay, so you don't want to be poor, boring, or alone? Let's have you experience all of that. So first story was the poverty moment. This one... This one sucks. So, I was traveling around the world. Um, that was pretty cool. But I remember I went to I went to Stockholm, and Scandinavia is sneakily expensive. Um, yeah, didn't realize how how much that was going to cost. But basically, every freaking thing like went wrong. Like I had one client was late to pay me. I had another client like cancel, and yeah, long story short, I ended up coming back from my trip, and I landed at SFO, and I was, I didn't have any money in any of my accounts, my credit card, I had, they were sending me a new credit card in the mail, 
and I didn't have it yet. So I was at the machine and I was trying to overdraw my account. Like I knew I had nothing in there and I was like, let me just pull something out so that I can pay for a ticket to get on the, the BART train to go to my, to my mom's house. And I remember I couldn't take out any money. And I was so scared. I was so scared. Uh, like, not because I wouldn't make it home, but just because I was, I was so fucking embarrassed. Like, it was the, it was, it was such a horrible thing. I remember I called my mom and I said, Mom, uh, are you around? And she's like, yeah, what's up? And I'm like, hey, I'm at the airport. And I couldn't even, like, say the words. It was, like, that, that painful. Um, and then I just asked her to come pick me up because I, li I literally couldn't even pay for like a $12, um, ticket on the, the subway, the BART train home. And although that moment, yeah, definitely sucked to go through, it's pretty crazy because like after that moment, you know, everything started working itself out and I got to get to that point where I realized, well, yeah, it's not exactly fun, but I can handle it. Like, it's an experience that I can tolerate. It's like, and it was this cool thing of like, you know, wow, like I, I really don't have to be completely alone. It's like, I'm really, I'm really like supported no matter how bad it gets. So although I don't prefer that experience, I know that I could have it. So then it kind of just like eliminates that as a fear. Basically what happens is our higher self, our higher self comes into us and then it, it finds like all of these little um, like bullshit stories that we have. And then it has us experience it or work through it and repattern it so that it's like not that... Um, dire of a situation if we want to step into that untouchable undisruptible grandness this is when you hear like a lot of like uh, financially successful people they go like oh yeah i could lose it all go back to the beginning and then have nothing and i could build it all back up and they don't even care and it's like they really don't care because they've experienced the other side of everything so the thing is if you want to be fearless you have to experience the fear, realize it's not that big of a deal, and then you can get through it. So moving on to the second one with being boring. So this one was really hard for me because I would always, I mean, like in my uh, former identity as like the entrepreneur guy, man, every time I would go to an, an event and then I would talk about the sunglasses company it was like my little crutch it was like my little identity crutch where i could just talk about that or say oh yeah we just uh went to the sundance film festival and we hung out with with this celebrity and then people would roll their eyes and then i could feel good about myself i could be like see i'm not boring or you know as soon as i couldn't do that anymore then it was about travel it's like oh yeah i just got back from copenhagen and i stayed there for 3 weeks it was like this thing that i could point to that was outside of myself that was stabilizing my grandness i was like look see how special i am because i because i'm traveling to all these places so then what happened is my higher self was like well if you want to be untouchable we got to work through this one too and then for a couple of years, I couldn't travel anywhere. I just didn't have the money. I just didn't have the money to do it. And I was just kind of like done. Uh, yeah, I was just tired of traveling. And, and I didn't want to do any more of the, you know, just uh, schlepping it and like making, just squeaking by from one place to the next and not having a home. Like I was sick of that. I wanted to have a home. I wanted to have all my things in one place. I wanted to pay for uh, my my rent and like keep all my stuff together. I didn't want to have to put stuff in storage again. Like I decided, you know, the only way I'm going to travel is to travel abundantly. And basically that meant that I had to confront this long-standing fear of being boring. The boring guy that just like stays in the same freaking town that just goes to the same coffee shop day in and day out and just kind of has the same bland life. So the funny thing was, as soon as I 
surrendered to that and went into that experience and confronted that fear, I found out, well, having a routine actually isn't that bad. And the cool part was I got to explore a whole different side of myself. Instead of running around from one country to the next, I went inside and I got to explore different aspects of my personality that I had never let come to the surface. I got to see, you know, ways in which I'm a total introvert. I got to like spend hours meditating and get to altered states of consciousness and um, you know, like I went through all this like uh working through my trauma and working through all my blocks and I did all this like healing on myself and then I ended up discovering like all my healing abilities. And all that stuff, there was so much inner journeying that the external journey journeying like I couldn't do that at the same time and it was too destabilizing to be traveling around the world and like going to different countries and stuff like I needed that stability so that I could see all this other internal exploring that I could do and the funny thing is that stuff is almost I mean I'm not gonna say it's more exciting but it's just as exciting as external journeying and now i'm at this place where it's like well well whether like yeah i love traveling i still want to travel um but even if i'm not it's fine because i can travel and explore within myself and then just like that i've worked through that fear too so on to the third one so once again i never wanted to be alone it was this thing that would show up like on my calendar, I would have so many events scheduled so that it was. It got to the point where it was like almost every single lunch that I had, like lunch was almost always with a friend or romantic partner or something like that. I was always around people. And I mean, I, I didn't do it out of like any like brokenness or malintent. I just liked being around people. But what I could see was I was just running away from myself and actually getting to know myself. So what happens? Higher self comes in and says, all right, dude, you want to be untouchably grand and be fearless? Well, we got to work through this you being alone thing. And then you know, living in, <laughs> then I get moved into the middle of the freaking forest away from like literally all of my friends. And then I just get super hermity and then just want to keep d just doing my own thing. I'm like spending all this time meditating. I'm spending all this time working on my presence and working out. And it was just crazy because I would be around all these people and I would feel so far away from them. Like even though they're right there, I was just like, there's no way I can explain to you what I'm going through right now in a way that you'll get or resonate with, where I just felt like an alien on planet Earth, and I just felt so far away from everyone. You know, it was really, really hard to make friends. You know, I mean, I like tried to make friends with people, but then they'd get to know me more and more, and then basically our beliefs would be way too different, and then either they would be freaked out or I wouldn't want to hang out anymore. And it just, I went through this whole period where I was completely alone. And the silver lining, what I found there was how amazing solitude can be. To me, you know, I had never like, I've never lived alone before. And, and even when I was traveling by myself, I was still running around and meeting new people and going on new adventures and trying to make friends that I was cheating myself of the the joys of solitude. Now it's like I can hang out by myself all day and I can have a freaking blast. Like I know what it takes to make me happy internally instead of need, needing to go and latch on to other people as a way of me feeling excitement or joy or anything like that. It's this self-generated thing that's totally in line with the grandness that I want. So, you know, I've worked through, those are just three examples, but I've worked through tons and tons of these things, which if we, we want to step into our grandness, this is part of, part of the deal, is if you want that untouchable grandness, where it's completely self-sustaining from the inside out, you've got anything where it's on the outside and you latch onto it 
as a way to stabilize, that has to fall away. So here's the, it's like, um, so in this model of coming into our grandness, it's just an amplifier of who you already are. It's like if you are so rock solid in who you are, and then grandness comes, and abundance comes into you, it doesn't distort you, to quote one of my other mentors. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like you have to resolve all of your fears before you receive this huge amplification. For the longest time, I don't know where this is, belief has come from, it's just kind of like an intuitive uh, belief that I have about life, is, you know, the universe isn't doing all this stuff because it wants to beat us up or humble us or kick our ass or whatever. It's doing it because it loves us. So it's kind of like, um, it's basically like you're going to get shot out to outer space and you're going to go to new levels of, of grandness. But what happens is before they launch the rocket, they have to go around and they have to make sure that the rocket is extremely secure that it's really, really got a, a solid foundation. You know, every single nut and bolt is t uh, tied, tightened down right. You know, the metal is super, super strong. Nothing can get into it where it's just so rock solid in its core that it will be able to withstand like immense, immense pressure from the outside. So although I was, you know, not exactly super happy when I was going through each of those three experiences I just talked about, now I look back at it and I go like, cool my higher self was just you know knocking on the on the armor to make sure that I was really really strong to be able to endure you know higher levels of uh, of abundance and grandness so you know you kind of want to make sure that the rocket has a really really solid you know has solid plating and everything is done exactly right before it gets shot up into space so we can all see different examples. Like we all know people where they've externalized their grandness, where they go, oh, here's my um, my healing modality, and it's amazing. You know, the people that are like, oh, I just got my certification in whatever, whatever, and it was from this master and this grandmaster of whatever, whatever. And we see that their whole identity is like attached to that, and then it's like, if they lose that, or if that no longer works, you see how they're not as, as stable? And it's the same thing. It's like, if someone has, you know, been really successful with, um, in business, or someone that has, like, an amazing physique, if it's anything that's external that you can point to, instead of it just being the core of who you are, then it can be distorting. That's like, um... Yeah, it's like the rocket not actually being secured in, in the right way before it goes goes out into outer space. So the first step of of grandness is in many ways it's destruction. It's destruction of all those other concepts, all those other things that we're trying to latch onto. So that when we can't grab onto anything else outside of us and all we're left with is ourselves, then the grandness can really begin. One time I remember, um, I remember I had, I started building up my um, coaching practice and I had a bunch of clients and I was doing NLP only with them. It was like strict NLP, you know, I had been trained in it. I had spent thousands and thousands of hours being trained by, you know, professionals and I was getting critiqued on every single little thing and it was just like a very strict process that I was following. And I had started building up some clients. And I was I was pretty excited about this, but I just felt like, uh, you know, it's not as amazing as it can be. And I remember telling Camille, I was like, babe, I really I really want to start doing energy healing with people. And um I, I really want to include that into my stuff, but I'm like, I don't know, is am I actually doing this or am I just making shit up in my head? Is this is what I'm doing actually real? And then what happened was like clockwork, all of those clients, they just started like canceling or, um, yeah, they just, they, they were like, oh, you know, I th feel complete with the work we did. And then they all just stopped. And I was like pissed off 
And then I had a session with um, a psychic, and then she told me, like, hey, by the way, your guides, they really don't like your price. They want you to quadruple them. I was like, uh, well, you know, I just lost a bunch of my clients. I'm not really feeling like quadrupling my prices. And then she's like, oh, yeah, and definitely include the energy healing. Start start off your sessions with meditations. And I was like, well, I don't know if I want to do all this change. But since I didn't have any clients where I had um, already set their expectations where you're just getting strict NLP work, I was just like, well, screw it. Let's try it. And then I remember signing up my first client at four times the, my prior price and doing energy healing with them. Like, I remember when I signed that client and then they signed up for a couple of sessions at a time. Um, I was like all calm and collected. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. What card do you want me to use? And I took it down and then I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just see you for the next session. And then I closed the computer. And as soon as I closed the computer, I just burst. I was, I was sobbing. I was sobbing because it was a higher price than I've ever charged in my whole life. I couldn't fucking believe that they said yes to it. Like I was, you know, I've never, I don't use this word, but I was flabbergasted. Like it was insane. And the reason I was crying was because I was like, this has happened before. Like this is my new normal. Like once it's, once it happens, once I get that price, I know it can only go up for me. And I felt like, oh my God, oh my God, this has actually happened. And now I've started to bring on other clients at that same price. And, you know, I kind of go back to that moment in time where, you know, I started having all this momentum with my strict NLP practice. And then I lost all my clients and I was like, fuck, now I got to start back at scratch. But now I see how that destruction was really setting me up for even more grandness. So by this point, I have I've realized that this uh, desire to achieve grandness or or continue to ascend, it's really just this like educational process where you're able to confront all your fears and dissolve them and not in like the hyper aggressive American way of like let me bash through my fucking fears. It's like, no, you just experience it and then realize it's not that big of a deal. And then you go, why was I so afraid of this? So that fear becomes kind of just an unnecessary concept. And then it's just like this um, educational thing where you get to see all your patterns coming out and then you just work through each one of them. And like, yeah, of course I want to step into my grandness. I want to be you know, speaking on stages in front of thousands and thousands of people. And I want to be doing like crazy healing work that, you know, I can't even, I can barely believe is something that I'm, uh, you know, channeling or knowing how to do. But it's like, once you start going through this process and you see, wow, there's a lesson there and thank God I learned that. And then thank I learned this lesson and thank God I learned that lesson. You just start having this experience over and over and over again, and you start learning to love the lessons. And then it's like this, you're just learning more and more about yourself, and you're feeling more and more untouchable. And that's a really, really cool feeling. You can see that you're getting strong, and when it gets really cool is when you feel like your higher self has totally got your back. I mean, I remember when um, I had the breakup with my ex and all that stuff. Um, yeah, that was that a was big-time bummer. But two days later, I met um, the woman that I'm with now. And it was just like... Now, like, I look back on it, and we we regularly do this. Like, we'll sit in bed, and we're just like, who are you? Like, how the hell do you come into my life? And I'm, like, so fucking happy. And although that was such a brutal experience to go through, I just see how my higher self totally had my back in it because I would have gone down the wrong path. And now things are just so much better. So now my whole paradigm on life is basically, basically like, yeah, there are things that I would prefer to experience, but 
if I'm getting derailed and, no, derailed in air quotes, all I think is, well, my higher self is just teaching me something else that's going to be awesome. And basically, I just have a really, really cool surprise coming that's even better. That's like, it's something that is so much better than what I think I want. So it's basically like, I get exactly what I want where I get something better. And I get to learn a whole bunch about myself, and I get to feel more untouchably grand. So, that's pretty cool. And then, once you hit that point, it's like, well, yeah, for sure I'd like grandness, but I don't really care. And then you sound a whole lot like my mentor from that clip at the very, very beginning of today. Where, of course, you want success, but you're actually having so much fun like going through this whole spiritual evolution and journey of self-mastery that you all it's like you almost don't care like you still want it but you like almost don't care and then you sound like this prior to meeting steve i had been on a solid streak of personal development i was sucking down podcasts like they were whey protein shakes i was an action taker a doer and i wasn't willing to settle for anything short of excellence so, needless to say, I was pretty stunned when Steve revealed one of his secrets to me. I asked him, when did it finally happen for you, man? Like, when did it just click? And he replied, well, once I stopped caring about success so much. It took me a couple minutes to regain my consciousness as I slurped the drool that was hanging from my gaping mouth. And I asked him, uh, do you think you could elaborate on that a little bit? So here's the last thing that I want to talk about today. And it's the idea that you are the only one that can pass through your own unique lessons to success. Which kind of makes all of the other tips and hints and tricks and anything other than your intuition kind of null and void. Here's what I mean. So I found this one cartoon that sums up this idea pretty well. And in the cartoon, there is a bunch of animals all standing in a line, like side by side. There's a bird, a monkey, a penguin, an elephant, a fish in a fishbowl, a walrus, and a dog. And then there's a man sitting at a desk in a chair. And he looks like a, a businessman or politician or something. And then in the background, there's this huge tree. So then he says, okay, in order, to, in order so, so for us to have a fair way to judge everyone's success so that everyone has the same test, we're going to measure your success by who can climb the tree. So the monkey is going to nail it. The bird, the bird's going to be just fine. But the walrus is kind of screwed and the fish doesn't even have a chance. So this is what happens to us is we start going... We start going through life and we try to be successful or grand based on other people's definition of what that is. For me, it was money. Money was like the easiest thing because it's just so easy, it's so easy to count. And I would like look up to entrepreneurs and be like, wow, you're an entrepreneur, you're in control of your freedom, and you have much money. And it's just like really easy to say, okay, if they have a lot of it, then they must be really successful. But now I'm seeing that in order to be untouchably grand, you have to go through each of your own individual challenges. And no one can really tell you what those are. It's basically like those fears that you have. So like for me, the, the ones where I had to be you know, boring, I had to be alone, and had to be broke. Like those were the things that I had to confront and I had to go through. And then on the other side of that, I can become untouchably grand. Now, the thing is, other people have different fears. And our intuition will kind of guide us into those experiences so that we see, oh, okay, this is my thing that I, that I have to work through. And the reason I bring up that cartoon with uh, all the animals and the guy and the tree is because, you know, as long as we're using somebody else's yardstick to measure our success, we're constantly going to feel like we're falling short. Unless we're, uh, you know, the monkey that's able to climb the tree. 
like as long as the fish is judging its success by whether or not it joins the uh, can climb the tree it's always going to feel like a loser same thing with the walrus same thing with the penguin now the difference is in order for, for us to have our our own sense of grandness it's just about going through whatever our own individual challenges are and coming into self-mastery, whatever that means to us. For the monkey, it's the ability to climb the tree. For the bird, it's being able to soar above everything and then fly down and catch prey when it needs it. For the the walrus, I mean, I don't know what walruses do, but it's whatever their thing is. And then for fish, it's being able to like um, stay in like a huge pack and like uh, be in a whole school of fish and band together whenever there's a threat on the outside. Every single one of the animals has a different way of making them making themselves more grand. And that's basically what I, I want to conclude today's episode on, is this idea that the only thing that can get us to this untouchable level of grandness isn't some external measure. It's this internal thing where we feel completely untouchable because we've experienced the contrasting sides of what we want. We can, we've handled the darkness. We've handled the disappointment. We've handled the failure in air quotes. Failure. And it hasn't decimated us. In fact, we've like learned that we can totally handle it. And then we've reclaimed it to get to this point where our our own grandness gets expressed in its own way. So we don't have to spend time listening to podcasts like this. We don't have to go and you know listen to everybody else that's so willing to tell us what to do. We basically just have to feel inside and notice what are those areas that we're really scared about and then work our way through those fears. And once we've gotten to that point where we've done all the work internally, no one can ever take it away from us. No one can take that level of grandness away from us. As long as it's an accomplishment, as long as it's a dollar amount, as long as it's a relationship, as long as it's anything outside of ourselves, it can always be taken away. And I found this like really, really beautiful Zen story that um, really sums up the, the grandness that I've been talking about here, that untouchable grandness that no one can ever take away from us. So there's a Zen master who's living in the mountains. And um, he's got like this little hut and he goes out for the day. And all of a sudden this thief makes it makes his way out to the Zen master's hut because he hears that the Zen master has something that's worth like more than all of the wealth in all of the worlds. So the thief goes to the Zen master's hut and he breaks in. He's like, I'm going to steal this shit. So he gets there to the hut. And he looks inside and there's nothing in there. And then as soon as he realizes that there's nothing in there, he gets super disappointed and really confused because he feels like he was led on to believe that this guy was a total baller. Then what happens is the Zen master comes back from his walk out in nature and the Zen master basically catches the thief in the middle of the act. And then the thief is like really scared. The Zen master is pretty peaceful and doesn't seem very bothered by it and he goes oh looks like you came a long way to uh to see me and then the the robber goes yeah 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 that's what he did and then he goes well if you came all this way to rob me you shouldn't leave empty-handed and then the zen master he takes off of his takes off his clothes and then he hands them to the thief and the thief is like completely confused at this point but he just is thrilled that he's not getting uh, reprimanded by the Zen master, and he just accepts the clothes, and then he kind of slurks, slurks away, and, um, and he leaves. The Zen master, he just seems like completely unbothered by this whole thing. And just, he's completely unattached. So he goes back outside, and it's starting to get dark, and then he looks up to the sky... And it's almost like he's completely forgotten that the event even happened. He looks at the moon and he thinks to himself, what a poor guy. I wish I could give him this moon. And that's the end of the story.
So when I first read that story, it took me a while to really uh, get it. But the two questions that helped me understand it were, one, what did the thief actually get, if anything? And two, what did the Zen master still have after he had nothing? And that just about does it for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, please don't forget to send us your daily miracles. Like all those little synchronicities that are showing up, the best way is to download the Anchor app, and then you can just send us a voice message. And just like always, you don't have to watch out when you look within. See you next time. Bye. Gonna do a heal your soul, reclaim all your soul energy, life force energy, reclaim all your power for you. How are you feeling in your body? Mm, good. Good. Not feel, not feeling anything shifting or going on. Um, I mean, it feels like little shards of glass are kind of all being pulled towards me and starting to coalesce around me. Okay. So, so it's like painful or it's like just tingling or? No, no, it's not painful. It's just like everything is, um, uh, it's like if you watch a glass get smashed on the ground, but you just do that in reverse to where it's like, then the glass looks perfect. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, no, it's, yeah. it feels, it feels good. It feels like I'm getting all the holes patched up. Intro and outro music by The Passion Hi-Fi.